You're listening to Told by Olay, a lifestyle perspective podcast, a space to explore, get real, and get God. This is season two, a mini season, The Adventures of Calling. On this episode, I'm joined by Rhonda. Rhonda is a tax attorney at a New York City law firm. Her work includes advising entities on federal tax issues and implications when engaging in various business transactions. She received a Bachelor of Business Administration from Temple University, a Juris Doctor from the University of Maryland, and a tax LLM from Northwestern University. When she isn't working, she spends time traveling, exploring all that life has to offer, and she spends time with family and friends. Her journey has allowed her to walk into rooms she never thought she could have. It's given her opportunities she couldn't have even imagined for herself. It has pushed her to trust in who she was created to be. It has empowered her to find her confidence. And most importantly, it has helped her to discover God's will and his loving kindness towards her. She's a lawyer, so locking her down for this episode wasn't easy. So instead of me delaying this story any further, please welcome Rhonda to Told by Olay. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Told by Ole Podcast. We're back with a very special guest to keep this conversation going about the adventures of calling. Rhonda, will you please introduce yourself to the people and tell us about a time you went from feeling unseen to seen. Hi, first of all, I want to thank you for um, having me as a guest on your podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity to um, talk about my experience and hope that it can um, impact someone else. Um, My name is Rhonda. I am a tax attorney. I am based in New York City. And pretty much when people are taxed, they're like, are you a tax preparer? No. Um, I advise um, business entities on how to solve um, tax issues or tax considerations um, when uh, expanding their business portfolio. Mm. So that can range from acquiring or disposing of assets um, to restructuring. Um, So that's a little bit about my background. And a time I went from feeling unseen to seen, that is a that's a really good question. Um, so my um, example is a little interesting because it's a there's a span of time. So my unseen experience would be, I would say, my first year of law school, which is 2012. Mm. Um, and I think I was unseen because I did not want to be seen. Um, mm. And that moment, I lacked confidence. I questioned whether I deserved to be there, whether I was worthy oh, wow. to be in that space. Um, and I kind of fell into the background um, to transitioning to scene. Um, let's fast forward five years later to 2017 when I'm pursuing my master's of law and taxation at Northwestern. And I have confidence in my abilities and what I know in the fact that I want to pursue tax law. And it showed. Um, I became seen by the professors, by the administration, um, by my classmates, and I was able to be a resource for my classmates, which, which I found to be a blessing in and of itself that I could help them navigate and understand such, you know, a complicated area of law. Um, Right. That would be my seen unseen experience. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) Bro. Thank you for sharing that. So I think it's really cool because when I see you, I don't see somebody who's um, unsure of themselves. Mm. Um, So it's really cool to see even the people that look, um, or carry themselves with such confidence and um, such short assur- assurance mm-hmm. um, that they too can can battle with feelings of feeling insecure or not sure if you're even worthy um, of um, 
of being in the position that you are currently in. And, you know, we all know, like, being a lawyer is not easy. Um, getting there, the amount of school that goes into it is intense and crazy. So um, uh, what I wanted to ask, I'm like, you're like this tax attorney. First of all, how did you even decide tax attorney? Um, I get that question often. It's a big question when I am interviewing and then also when I just tell other attorneys or just people that are not in the legal field, they're always very fascinated. Um, So how I got into tax was a pretty interesting kind of journey. So in my, I guess my last year of undergrad, um, I was presented with the opportunity to pursue a a minor in accounting. So let's take a step back. I majored, I I attended Temple University for undergrad, and I um, was pursuing my uh, bachelor's of business in bachelor's in business administration. And I had a concentration in legal studies. And in that, um, in that business school, we had to take all the foundational courses, which included accounting. And then I got the opportunity to, to pursue a minor in accounting. It wasn't much more, um, many additional credits that I needed to take on. So I was like, Oh, this will be great. This will be easy. Um, and I took a, um, an accounting elective and it was a tax course. And so it was all about understanding how those, um, reports for accounting purposes, like the income statement, and the balance sheet will translate into reporting for tax purposes. And I was very fascinated by it. Um, and that was right. one class in undergrad. So then when I got to law school, I was like, I definitely want to take another tax course. This is something I, I'm kind of interested in. And um, my first tax course was a lot different than all my other um, law courses. So a lot of the law courses, um, there's, you know, doing your homework. And when you come into class, it's very it's a Socratic method with the teacher cold calling students to discuss cases. It's very academic. Um, And then when I got to my tax class um, for income tax for the individual, it was different. It was problem-based. So we were reading cases and we were um, reading the code and then we were actually applying it in that instance, which was helpful for me as a learner. Um, And so really enjoyed the class, started to take additional classes. So in law school, I also took corporate tax and partnership tax. Um, And I wrote like my final paper, I don't want to call it a thesis paper, but my final paper in order to graduate on a provision of the tax code and how it um, kind of coincided with gentrification and social issues. Um, So I was all like very fascinated with tax. So that's where it kind of began and really started to grow with me, not even really knowing, just having an interest there. Um, And then I received an opportunity to um, clerk on the United States tax court. So for two years, years, I will be doing all tax all the time. And that was where it was my make or break. If I really wanted to do this or not do Mm -hmm. this, it would have shown itself there. So that's kind of a longer way of how I got into tax and stayed, (laughs) stayed here. Wow. That's really, really interesting. Like who gets fascinated with taxes? (laughs) That is very interesting. And I like the fact that you, you know, stuck to your guns and you, actually was like you know what this this opportunity will help me determine whether or not this is something that I actually want to continue doing and want to do with the rest of my um 
my law career. Um, so how were you able to, like, I know that you took on this course and, um, I mean, not the course, but the working with the um, U.S. law, what am I saying? The U.S. tax court? <laughs> yes, the U.S. tax court. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't my normal language, the U.S. tax court. Um, so, of course, the court, taking that on was helped, helped in you determining whether or not that would be the direction that you would go into, but how were you also able to discern that this was the direction that God wanted you to go into? Um. That's a great question. So first, I want to touch on something that you said, which I think is really important. Sometimes we have experiences that we may not necessarily like or enjoy. And we say that is, you know, that it wasn't good or it was a fail or a waste of my time. But sometimes knowing what you don't want to do is just as important as finding out what you do want to do or what you do. Exactly. Love. And so that that's kind of how I went into the court, um, into that court clerkship. And so the, to answer your question, um, how I knew that tax was God's plan. I would say I knew God's plan generally, um, for me. And one thing that I do understand is that everything isn't always revealed to us. So my whole purpose is not laid out for me, like with like a red carpet. There are certain pieces of it that are revealed to me. And um, so I would take it back to law school in that first year, really struggling with whether I deserve to be there and not, you know, being certain of myself and have these moments or these times where I would talk to people um, that were also um, spiritually minded, God fearing, and they would, you know, impart in me certain messages that I'm like, wow, there's confirmation with them not even fully knowing what I'm dealing with on the inside. Um, And one friend um, actually told me, um, and this was, this is like really interesting. So I went to school in Baltimore and he was like, you, what was the story? He was just saying like, you will be fed by, by ravens. Like you will be fed by people that, that are not in those spaces that, you know, not, not your colleagues or anything like that. Like you'll be Mm. fed by them. And I'm like, wait, what? And then throughout my time in Baltimore, I would literally have a conversation with someone on the train or walking down the street, and they would just say, I know you're going to do great things. Continue doing what you're doing. Like, you are doing amazing. So I knew in that moment, like, when I heard that, I was like, okay, God, this is confirmation, because he doesn't fully know what I'm dealing with on the inside, that I'm struggling to be here. Because as you just said, I didn't perceive you that way. I perceived you as confident. So that's what I projected. But on the inside, I was like, what am I doing? What mistakes did I make? Why am I here? So that confidence and assurance that I was in the right place, you know, at the right time, and people saying, imparting in me, again, of 10, 15 minute conversation, like, wow, you're amazing and the things that you can do. So I knew that I was in the right place with law. And then I also knew um, just there was never no, you know, person coming down or a prophet speaking to me, but things have been imparted in me that what I'm doing um, with the legal field, because I'm in a transactional practice, is not just for me to make money. It's not just for for-profit entities to make money, but also to help other people. So I know part of what I need to do is to help people 
create businesses and become more business minded and understand um, how things work. And a part of that is tax. Um, because yes. you create a business, there are certain tax implications. And what does that mean to you? So, so me getting into this area of law that is really shied away from a lot of people of color, um, mm-hmm. I'm really only one in a lot of spaces, me getting into this area in this space and gaining a knowledge base, and then also making sure that I try to use it to help other people that don't have access to that information. So that's a way of saying these are where the confirmations came from, from being assured that I was in the right place at the right time, being in law school and learning what I'm learning to then expanding into an area of law that I know can help people that may not have access to this information. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's look at that a little bit, because I know you said that um, you're pretty much like the only person of color Talk of the fact that you're a woman. So that's definitely like, okay, another box is marked. I'm the only woman. I'm the only woman of color. And coming from the uh, coming from a background where you're surrounded with people of color constantly, um, what, what were some of the thoughts going through your mind when you kind of came to the realization that like, yeah, I'm going to be the only, granted, I know in school that probably already happened, but I think it definitely feels a little different when this is your career and you're the only person of color, the only woman um, in the room who's who knows what you're talking about. Like you're fully aware of the of what you're talking about. You have the experience to back up your walk and your talk. So how how did you get how have you gotten through um, these experiences and navigated these different rooms and um, different interactions with being a woman of color? Um. So that has been a a huge part of my journey. Like you um, mentioned in school, having to deal with that there. Um, But then also just knowing after being in law school, seeing how there weren't many, you know, there were some black students or some students of color that were um, in law school, but not as many as the majority. And then understand like, okay, I'm going to get into tax law where, I don't, I know that there aren't a lot of people that are represented here. Um, so it, it's still a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. But I do understand that if not me, then who, like, then who? And yeah. you know, it's like, I do feel a certain obligation um, just apart from me being interested in this area, but also to, create a community, um, yeah. to, um, encourage people about this area of law. Granted, it's not for everybody and that's fine. But if you do find it interesting or fascinating, it can be lucrative because guess what? Yes. Taxes will be here. <laughs> they will. Um, yep. the, the, nothing is, nothing is going to change that. And so, um, for me to be in this space, it is trying sometimes being the only woman or being the only um, black um, attorney or being the only black woman. Like there's so many players that can be there because of the intersectionality. Um, And so I kind of see myself as you operate in this space as though you're supposed to be here. And, you know, you can think of it as a disruptor. I'm disrupting the status quo. Mm -hmm. Um, 
also found confidence in being in an area of law that we don't, Black um, attorneys don't necessarily frequent um, with my friends. I have a friend who's in bank- bankruptcy law. Um, I have another wow. friend in political law. And so we're all on this journey of navigating these spaces where we don't occupy on a, mm-hmm. you know, on a normal basis. And so I find confidence and strength in that because we can, you know, relate to one another's experiences and rely on each other for support. Um, but it's definitely a challenge and it's a day-to-day challenge. Um, because although um, I have gotten the confirmations and the understanding um, that this is part of my journey and a part of my walk, um, it doesn't make it any easier. So there is definitely yeah. constantly having to reassure myself, like you're meant to be here. Do not let anyone like challenge your intelligence, your experience, or make you feel like you're less than um, and you don't deserve to occupy these spaces. Right. That's awesome. I'm really glad that you were able to find some people within um, kind of like the same space mm-hmm. in terms of like business and law that you were able to find people that you can connect with. Because I think a lot of us now, like I find that so many um black people are finding like building their own communities within these industries and I think it's so powerful because we kind of can find ourselves and connect um we can find a connection with ourselves and we can like it can help us like stand stand affirmed in the positions that we're in um and it also encourages people the people behind us to feel like okay I can definitely come here it's not so far-fetched like this Mm -hmm. is something that I could definitely do Right. So I think that's incredible. And I think that's also a part of the purpose, right? Like right. you, ha- if, like you said, if not you, then who? Like we have to see ourselves in those spaces in order for us to feel like we can actually go to those spaces. So I think that is amazing. And I'm very excited to see, um, see where you'll be in the next five years. But before we get to the next five years, I'm very curious um, if you could look back to where you were before to where you are today, what would you say is different about you? Mm. Or like, what are three things that you can say that you, yeah. What are three things that you can say is like different and has like, um, that has consistently gotten you through this journey so far? Um, I would say one would be, um, focusing, focusing in, um, on, the, the, the goal or the purpose. Right. Um, so one thing I always tell my, um, I used to tell any one else coming into law school, um, was that like focus on why you're here. What is the purpose of you being in law school and let force as opposed to this semester, the right here, the right now, these grades, these groups, what is the long game? What is the end game? Mm-hmm. So that was something that I didn't, you know, I didn't know back then, which kept me kind of in those spaces of the questioning, right? Um, and so that's one thing that I do when I find myself getting to that point where I'm like, wait, do you, can you, will you? It's like, wait, what is the end game? What is the goal? What is God's promise to you? Focus on that. And it reshifts my perspective. Um, another piece of it, which I'm still working on, is the um, trusting, 
trusting yourself, trusting your gut, mm. trusting your discernment, um, trusting your um, experience, your skill set. Um, I didn't always trust myself when I had a reaction or a thought, I would hold back and be like, well, no, maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's stupid. And mm-hmm. I've gotten to a point where I'm not, I'm not <laughs> impulsive because I always like to think through things, but I, I am more confident in trusting my initial reaction to something mm. I'm dealing with a problem or an issue. I'm like, wait, I think this is it. And then I find authority to back it up. Um, so that is another thing. And then, um, I would say, um, operating in gratitude. Um, one of the things I would always do is kind of focus like, oh my gosh, this is going on. This is the fire I have to put out. And now I'm at a space where I'm like, wait, let's take a step back. What have you gone through? So Mm. you've gone through that. You've gone to the other side. So there's victory in that. And what you're dealing with right now is not something that is insurmountable that God cannot handle. So operating in thank you for what you've done, what you brought me through. Thank you for the here and now. It might not be what I want. It might not be perfect. I might be struggling right now, but I know mm-hmm. that you can get through. So um, those would be the three things. Um, focusing on the purpose and the end game. Um, operating with a spirit of gratitude and trusting myself. That's Come on, girl. I'm feeling it because I know that like with myself, a lot of times the reason why I won't do th- do something is because I'm like, well, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do this and I have to do that. And then I'm like, well, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't think this is a good idea. Mm, maybe I should do this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. And then I'll go and like talk to like five different people. And then I'm not focusing in and I'm like totally losing myself because I lost all those other pieces, which is the trusting yourself and having gratitude in the moment, regardless of how things are turning out. So I think that these are really powerful things. And, you know, like, it's not easy. I don't think it's easy to be consistently trying to do these things. But the fact that, like, you know that, like, you keep these thoughts in the back of your mind, that is enough to kind of, like, create a new habit in you and a new, um, a new way of being so that you can actually get to the other side and keep getting better and better every day. Right. So that's really powerful. Um, Also, when I was listening to you speak and thinking about operating in gratitude, um, I was very curious about like what, um, how have through the journey so far, and I know that the journey is like pretty much just beginning. How have you sought out spiritual, spiritual strength to keep you keeping on? Um, what I do for me, um, and I know it's not necessarily for everybody, but going to church is important for me. I, it didn't matter what I was going through in law school. It didn't matter what I needed to study for, if it was the bar or whatever. I was like, I need to set aside this time because I knew what it meant for me to spend that time in that space with Mm -hmm. God. So that's one thing that's very important to me. Um, as far as spirituality, um, also tapping into, um, like my spiritual, um, God. So my people that are also, again, God fearing, spiritually aligned and sometimes talking to them and understanding and parsing out like what I'm dealing with, um, and having someone to say, you know, to kind of check me on things sometimes like, but wait, right. you're talking about this, you're complaining about this, but what about these things? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so I think that has helped me as well, um, as well as praying. Um, that has helped center me and guide me and calm me. I'm also big on music, so I have my different playlists for <laughs> my um, of gospel music. I have my ones that are just all about love for God, and it's just mm. truly an appreciation to Him. That whole playlist is about that, about one God's love that pours into us, and it's a reminder to me that I'm not forgotten. He will never forget me. He always yes. loves me, and it's just that that um the reaffirming piece. So music, my gospel music, my different playlists I have for the different times, (laughs) Um, my um, my praying. And then for me, it's important for me just if consistently going to church, the praise and worship, the listening to the word, even if the word isn't for me, just listening and learning and taking it in. Um, And I say on the music piece, one of the songs that has gotten me through a lot. Um, and I think it's kind of defining of my whole adventure so far. Um, I think it's Bishop Paul S. Morton, I Am What You See. It's like the words are, open my eyes, help me believe I am what you see so that I can see myself the way God sees me. And so when like when I listen to that song, I'm like, okay, all right. It's reaffirming, reassuring. So, um yeah, those are my spiritual resets in God. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you do all these things, do you feel like it's also help you like in those moments where um, you're in uncomfortable situations or the pressure pressure is building up? Because um, it's hard to keep remain faithful and keep your trust when things are just like there's so much pressure on your shoulders, you're uncomfortable and you're transitioning oh certainly and I've I've had those times where I'm like you know what I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna stay home I'm not I'm not getting (laughs) and I like and that's just that's the that's that's just that's normal where you have those struggles and those ebbs and flows because um you know my walk isn't straight and narrow um it does have its moments where I'm like really? I'm going through this? Because it, you know, a part of it is the professional pressure, but then another piece of it can be personal things going on, family things, Mm -hmm. life happening, you know? And so um, those can be difficult to navigate. And um, I do have those moments where I'm like, you know what, I'm not feeling it right now. And and it's not the greatest thing to say, but it's the truth. That's the truth of my, you know, my faith walk and my faith journey. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I have to get to a point where, like, I talk to those people that are spiritually minded and they're like, wait, but no, girl. But, you know, God has done this for you and this and he'll bring you through this. And also going to church and hearing that message or sometimes going to church and you don't feel like being there. But you're like, you know what, I'm going anyway. And then you hear the right word at the right time. And you're like, okay. All right, God, I get what you're saying now. Um, I hear you. Right. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> I didn't want to be here today, but I was supposed to. So, so yes, it, it does have its challenges. And I do have my moments just like anybody else where I'm like, we, I really have to go through all this? Really? Um, yeah. Or something that is hurtful to me, um, you know, in the process. And so, yeah, it's a challenge, but 
those are the ways that I, you know, will try to be consistent or get myself back on the right track um, with respect to my faith journey. Because I do understand that none of this would be possible without God. So um, I can have all the degrees in the world, but still understanding every door that has opened and every opportunity that I've had has been because of him. So it's alone, you know? Yeah. Definitely. You know what I really love about you, Rhonda, is that not only do you, you know, not only are you like you, you're very focused, right? But you're also, you also know how to have a good time, (laughs) how to make sure that you are, I don't, I don't know if you're intentional about this, but that there's a balance between the work and the fun and the relaxation, um, and watching you do that has been so amazing because I'm just like, yo, this she's a boss and she still be doing her thing. Like, I love it. So I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to put this in the description, but Rhonda is a travel noir. You she know travels all over the place. Um, actually, one of the first times that I actually went on a trip with her and all the other girls was one of the t- first times me and Rhonda like had like a, a bonding moment. Right. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out how somebody at your level manages to make time to travel and have fun and find relaxation moments and just, and just enjoy, enjoy the fruits of your labor. So, okay. A couple things. One, someone early on said to me in America, you all live to work. And this was before I got into like the actual professional world and I'm like Mm -hmm. wow and then I thought about it more and I'm like that's a sad existence (laughs) that (laughs) because it's like wow I'm really this is the only thing that I'm doing throughout my life when there's so many things right Mm -hmm. so that always stuck with me and then another piece of it is um that like what you see my travel it's a part of my self-care it really is so that I can be at, at you know some of the top level right at the top levels and I feel like you have to create a balance and you have to set those boundaries because if you don't and a supervisor an employer a boss will will be like okay so you're gonna be here every day for those hours all right and I'm gonna work you till that you know to the max yeah. because they're trying to get the maximum efficiency that they can get you know get out for their business or their bottom line right. so you have to take the time to create that balance for yourself and do what replenishes you. So if that is yoga, if that is meditating, if that's swimming, if that's the gym, whatever it is, do that. Um, that's one thing I really like push for black people and people of color to do. Cause a lot of times we are zoned in and we are focused. Right. Yeah. And it's like, get to the goal, get to the next step, get out there, hustle, no sleep, all that stuff. Like, no, mm-hmm. like, you have to take care of yourself on this journey because you will be around so many people that will be draining of your energy. You will be in situations that will be draining. You will be under pressure. Yeah. And it just helps you get to a place of resetting. And so I do travel because it helps me reset. And it helps me <clears throat> get back to a place where... um I'm like, I feel like, wow, I feel rejuvenated. Um, yeah. so I, I make it a priority. And I feel like once you think about it like that, where it's something 
that is making it a priority, it becomes a little more of um, of a norm for you. Of course, traveling isn't something light. There's time considerations, money considerations, um, but it's, I know it's important for me. So even if it's like, okay, you spend a weekend, go to Philly, go to DC, visit some friends, yeah. that could be helpful and replenishing when you're dealing sure with a stressful is. job Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and another piece of it is you work hard for what reason? Like you, you work hard and you make money for what? Like what right. are you putting your money toward? And so that for me is important. Um, but I definitely encourage people to find whatever that is, whatever that self-care is that makes you um, happy, that, you know, replenishes your spirit, that treats you, that shows self-compassion, um, that you implement that uh, yeah. on a consistent basis. Because I think it's really, really important. Um, and even my most recent trip, I didn't know how much I needed it until I was in that, like actually there, um, and being around good energy and good, you know, good spirits and people that just were good people was, you know, so refreshing for me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, it's a priority for me (laughs) to, you know, have fun, to have travel, to have balance, um, Because if you work all the time, what are you going to show for it? At the end of the day, at the end of your lifetime, you work really hard. Okay. But those things you cannot take with you, that you yep. work really hard and built, you know, so. Yeah. That's not to say don't save, don't, you know, find different streams of income. I think that's important too. But I'm saying you got to have a balance. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> So before you start planning crazy trips, please save your money and prepare for that trip. Yes. Yes, because <laughs> yes, Rhonda doesn't do it without saving and preparing. Um, so first of all, thank you so much again. We are, I said first of all, as if this is just the start of something. <laughs> um, this is, we're coming to the end of this. Thank you so much for sharing so far, Rhonda. But before you go, I would love for you to tell us what a lifestyle perspective means to you and then give us one affirmation that has held you down through this journey that you've been on that could possibly help someone that's listening now. Hmm. You could say it in any order that you like. My affirmation would be um, happiness is a choice. Um, you oh my you God, don't just you feel it. <laughs> You just, you don't just feel it. I think people think that happiness is something that just comes upon you and it just is. And it's not. You have to be intentional about it and you need to choose happiness. Um, and I get, I think it ties back into the operating with gratitude is choosing to focus on the good and what is there. And no one is saying you have to be happy 100% of the time. Um, however, you can choose to say, okay, this is what's going on. I can stay stuck in that and focus in on that and all that negative energy that surrounds it. Or you can say, you know what, this might not be here, but I have X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to focus on that. Um, and then also I feel like happiness is subjective. And so you're happy. It's not someone else's and that's fine. Um, and you create what is important to you and 
what you deem works best for you. Um, I think a lot of times people like to dictate to say, this is what you should do, or this is the standard you should live by. And also on the other hand, people compare and say, oh, that person's happy because they have X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important about looking at your life and reflecting on that and choosing happiness, um, being intentional about it, um, creating spaces and things, going back to the self-care, where those create feelings of happiness Right. Because yes. it's something that you like to do. Right. Um, and I think the lifestyle perspective kind of goes hand in hand with that. Um, a perspective is unique to that person. And so you do what works for you. Um, there are decisions that I've made and choices that I've made that people have questioned and was like, why would you do that? Why would you go back to school? And it's just like, it's fine if you don't understand it, but you don't have to understand it. Right. My faith walk. This is my journey. This is my talk with God. And this is what he has for me. And so I think trusting your life, you know, trusting your perspective, trusting your journey is what is important. Yes. Um, So you don't have to ask people for permission. I guess that's the lifestyle perspective. Don't ask for permission. Do what you are called to do. Do what God has placed on your heart do what he has purposed for you to do. Yes. That's like a snap moment. Yes, Rhonda. Yes. <laughs> this amazing. I, I agree with your affirmation 100%. Happiness is a choice. Choose to be happy. And the lifestyle perspective. Yeah, absolutely. We need to stop trying to seek permission from the world and stop trying to seek permission from our families and our friends. The only person we need permission from is God. Yes. And he has the final say. So even if you try to do something crazy, he's still going to turn it around Yes, for your good. Yes. So yes. that's it. Thank you again, Rhonda. I really, really appreciate you taking the time because we know you're busy. You're out here, <laughs> tax attorney in, and traveling the world. <laughs> we can't all do it. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> no, but for real, thank you, Rhonda. I really appreciate your time. Um, and I really look forward to seeing this podcast episode go loud. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm just excited about what you're doing. Um, you are creating this platform and energizing age group and um, of this generation to reflect and think about you know, not just the here and now, but what their adventure looks like, what the calling looks like, what the relationship with God looks like, um, what friendships look like, what relationships look like. I think that's important. And it's a voice that is necessary um, at this time. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Ro. Wasn't that amazing? Wow. Thank you, Rhonda, for sharing that with us. What a great way to end this mini series. Gratitude. Can we leave 2019 with a heart full of gratitude and appreciation for what God has done for us? Can we thank him for what he's brought us through? For the doors he's closed and the doors that he's opened? Let's reflect on the positives and discover if our lifestyle perspectives speak true to how we live our everyday lives and how we want others to see us. Let's remember that all things are possible through Christ who strengthens us. And let us be thankful for the gifts and blessings he's granted us. And let's make room for more in 2020. Remember, we're going to get the victory. Thank you for tuning into Told by Olay, a lifestyle perspective podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and check out previous episodes and share with family, friends, colleagues, and anyone you think would also enjoy. Visit toadbyla.com for more information about the podcast. And be sure to follow on Instagram at toadbyla for updates and motivational content. <laughs>